The following podcast is sponsored by the Women in Comedy Festival. Check us out at WICF.com. Hey guys, welcome to Person Town, now presented by the Women in Comedy Festival. Uh, we're here with a special guest in front of a special place, and she's going to tell you who she is and where we are. Uh, I am Sydney Washington, and we are in front of a Panera Bread. <laughs> so tell the listeners, why is Panera Bread your favorite place in New York? I love the broccoli and cheddar soup. Can you believe it? I'm not here for the bread. I'm here for the soup. It's my favorite, my absolute favorite. Do you eat it out of the bread bowl? Uh, no. Okay. I, I'm not here for the bread. <laughs> I'm really here for the soup. All right. Yeah. Do you have any memories of being at a Panera Bread in New York? No, not really. I just usually just eat the soup. No one bothers me. Nothing crazy has happened in a Panera Bread. Like, I wish somebody homeless would come on, come in and just pull their dick out and maybe dip it in my soup. But that hasn't happened yet. Hey. <laughs> I'm happy your soup remains untarnished by homeless man dick. <laughs> yeah. Um, so when did you move to New York? Are you from here? Uh, I was born here, but I moved to California when I was two. And then I moved back here when I was 13. So that was like yesterday. Uh, <laughs> but I've been here for a minute. I've, I've been here for like at least 10 years. Nice. Yeah. And how long have you been doing stand-up comedy? Uh, I think four and a half. I think four and a half. Like serious about it. Yeah. I don't know many people who started here. Most of the people I know moved here from other scenes. How is it like starting in a place where like famous people just drop in all the time? I mean, but you see a lot of terrible comedy, though. So it's like you could see the best, but you could also be like, well, I'm not that far from being the best one day. So what are some of the things you want to do in comedy? Well, right now I'm in a comedy duo with another comedian uh, named Marie Faustin. So we have like this web series called S&M that we're like trying to turn into like a real show. Yes. And we also have a podcast called The Unofficial Expert. And we're trying to uh, interview people who think they're experts in like random, <laughs> uh, random expertise, like okay. like a wingman, like a hood expert, an open relationship. Um, we've had a drug expert. We have all... you. Can make an expert out, out of anything, you know. So um, we just want to turn that into a live show and then a TV show. All right. So, what is the weirdest tip or uh, fact you've gotten from an expert? Uh, there was the hood expert. He said, Very about that. "Yeah, he said something about uh, people in the hood don't go on dates." That's what he said. He said that uh, you just fuck when you're in the hood. Okay. Yeah, so I was like, wow, I've lived in the hood for a while, and that I felt like I have went on a date. I mean, I've been on a lot of park benches, so that was, okay. that was a date for me. So right. maybe he's right. Maybe he's right about that. How did they, like, what was the setup for being on a park bench? Like, did someone ask you to meet them at a particular one, or you just found yourself there? No, it was kind of like, let's let's go to the park. Like, very romantic, right. uh, except it wasn't Central Park. Okay. It was like a hood park. Okay. So there was a lot of, you know, basketball, uh, um, a lot of dice playing. And I felt like that was that was pretty romantic for me, a little CeeLo and um, holding hands. All right. Yeah. That seems really sweet. Mm -hmm. Yeah. What is the worst date you've been on in New York? The worst date I've been on in New York where I showed up and I looked stunning. I mean, honestly, I was like two shades away from Kelly Rowland. And uh, this guy just showed up. He looked like he just came from the gym. 
And then he ended up asking me to split the bill because he forgot his debit card. And it's just like, did your sweatpants not have pockets? Like, why the fuck did you not bring your debit card? Like, I'm here looking all nice. I mean, I can't breathe in this dress, but you forgot your debit card? Like, that's so freaking rude. And then I ended up paying for the whole damn date. The whole thing, yeah. Disgusting, right? What did he order knowing that he didn't have his card? Well, I should have known that he didn't have money because he was he got a side. He didn't get an entree. Yeah. And I was like, let's do the surf and turf because I thought, I, thought I thought he was paying. I thought I was going to have food today and food tomorrow. And nah, that's not how it works. I mean, I did get the food the next day, but I had to pay for yeah. it, you know. What is your ideal date, man? Ideal date. Uh, someone says, hey, just pack a bag. Uh, we're leaving the country. What? <laughs> is that a first date? Or like someone you don't, like how well do you know this person? <laughs> uh, yeah, I'll take that on as a first date. Really? Yeah. Listen, they're a serial killer. Listen, if I'm going to die, I'd rather die in like another country. I'd rather die in Europe. Like. <laughs> Make me real, like very rich. Don't I don't want to die in a gutter of New York City. I'm not. Make it interesting. Okay. Mhm. All right. <laughs> so yeah, pack a bag. I would love to go to a tropical island. You know, him pay for everything, get me everything that I want, and not expect sex. Nice. Yeah. All right. Mhm. Would you? be more interested in sex given the way that he has shown you the world in this first date? At this age, no. Okay. <laughs> Maybe when I was 22, okay. but right now, no. It's like, you should have bought me this ticket and took me on this trip. I'm worth it. Nice. I'm interesting. <laughs> I have personality. <laughs> You're paying for the laughter, okay? Nice. I, uh, I'm going to try to have that attitude you more should. often. All right, cool. Oh, well, thank you very much. Uh, so what is... You're a you're a pretty lady. What is the weirdest way another comedian has hit on you? This is a funny story, actually. Uh, so this other comedian I'm cool with, uh, we were at a show, and I was like, "Hey, I'm going to this party. Uh, you want to come with me?" And he was like, "Sure." So he comes with me to the party. It's like twenty five dollar cover to get in. Obviously, he's a comic and he's broke, and he's like, "Oh, I don't have the money." And I was like, "Well, you're already here. You know, I'll pay for you to come in." And then we're at the bar, and I, you know, I'm, I'm so nice. Yeah, I, I like get him a couple drinks because, like, you, I'm not gonna have you watch me drink. That's weird, you know. So I get him a couple drinks, and then all of a sudden, he like makes a move on me. He tries to make out with me, and I said, "Excuse me, sir, did I not just pay for you to get in and get you some drinks? This is community service, my boo. Like, why would you think I want to make out with you? You know?" And then I said, "No, no, no, thank you." And you know, I'm continuing to have a good time because I paid twenty-five dollars to get in. You're not gonna ruin my time. He tried to make out with me again. But uh, every time I tell the story, it's like, come on, you pay for him to get in. And why would he not? He probably was like, wow, this is the girl of my dream. She's just <laughs> paying for everything, looking good. She must want it. You, you can't win. You can't win in New York City at all. That was the weirdest. Yeah. So 
Uh, on stage, you talk about dating someone. Are you in a relationship right now? Yes, I've talked about men for most of this uh, interview, but um, I am dating a woman right now. How did that, was that a transition or was that something that you like were always interested in? I mean, I've always been in and out of, uh, you know, the poontang. <laughs> I've dibble dabbled on the weekends and then I was like, you know what, I should try this full time. And, you know, we met in Central Park, super gay and yeah. I didn't know that. Yeah. We met in Central Park, not a hood park. <laughs> we met in a real Central Park. Okay. This is, you're blowing my mind right now. Okay. So, wait. For Is this, like, lesbians? Is this, like, just gay generally? Like, is it... Are they all hanging out in the park, like, waiting to find their, their mate? Uh, you know, I, I'm, I'm not the lesbian expert, okay. but... At the time, it was like a summer stage, like concert. So it was all different types of people. My favorite DJ was there, Black Coffee. And it just so happened to bring out like the most beautiful lesbians. Nice. And that's how I met her. Very cool. Yeah. So what were your dating expectations? Uh, or I guess, how do your dating expectations differ between men and women? Well, I mean, women are just way more prepared and way more open and just like... They're going to start great up top all the time. Women always are ready to give you the fake version of themselves, okay. at least for three months, you know. But I was quite me up top. Right. I was like, I don't have time. I'm a comedian. I'm busy. You know, I'm on the road, a.k.a. taking the train to the Bronx. But The Bronx is far. I'd say that's the road. I've done that. I've definitely done some shows in the Bronx. But, like, I, I was really trying to pursue comedy hardcore when I first met her and uh, you know she totally understood and she showed up to some shows and that's all I needed I just needed consistent uh, audience members so <laughs> she was one of them nice yeah. fantastic alright uh, so what, what else did I want to talk about okay uh, what is a comedy highlight that you're like really proud of? You're like, when I think about like where I am in comedy, this is where I think, of, like this is the moment I think about. Uh, well, right now I'm on a show for MTV International and it's just like me and Marie commenting on music videos and I'm just like, I'm all about commentary and that's a highlight. It's going to come out, I guess, in like May or something like that, but that, and then I was able to go to the MTV Music Awards. How was that? Uh, well, we went in there ready to interview, like, celebrities, but we just got, like, the Z-list. But it was fine. Like, I was down. What is the, the, the Z-list? It was just, like, random reality TV people. But also there were some comedians who weren't Z-list that we were interviewing as well. But it was just for comedy hype, and it was just really fun. We got dressed. We looked cute. Uh, and we got to see people, like, on the carpet. Yeah. It was fun. Who was your favorite interview? Uh, my favorite interview. Uh, Biv Div DeVoe. Bell Div DeVoe? Yeah, that's it. <laughs> poison? <laughs> what? Yeah, Poison. That's it. That's, I should know that. I should know that. But, yeah, they were really taking the interview super serious. And I guess one of the questions was, like, how do you make sweet potato pie or something like that? And this dude was giving the real life family <laughs> recipe. It was hysterical. 
and mac and cheese. We were asking just silly questions, and they were pretty serious about it. Like they hadn't been on TV for a minute, and they were like, "Ooh, okay." And we in a, a real interview. It was, have they been on TV? <laughs> no, they have not. They have not been on TV for a while. But it was great. They're legendary. Yeah, that song. Uh, I've done it in karaoke a few times. I don't care if that's dorky, whatever. But listen, listen that. That song is more than just a karaoke song. Yes. <laughs> Poison is the song when you hear, dun, 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 like all the ladies get ready to like bust it down. Right. It's kind of a classier version of uh, Back That Ass Up. I can agree with that. that? Yes, I can. Okay. So what are, uh, what are some other songs that you consider absolute classics? Like, like even in 50 years, you're still going to be like, no, nope, we got to stop. This song is coming up. Uh, Michael Jackson's "It's Black, It's White." Mm-hmm. Doesn't matter if you're black or white. Yeah, that's yeah. a that's a classic. Yeah. Okay. Or do you remember the time? Yes. When that song comes on, I don't hear it enough unless I'm like at a wedding yeah. or like a bar mitzvah or something like that. How often are you at bar mitzvahs? Hey, hey, I got some young friends. Okay. I got. <laughs> listen, I think more people need to make friends with. Uh, 13-year-old Jewish boys and girls so you can go to their to their parties. Yeah. They're lit. No? No, I would love to. I've only been to one bar mitzvah my whole life and it was because I was in the same... This is, I don't care how dorky this is. I was in the same ballroom dancing class as this 13-year-old Jewish guy and he was like, you're the only black people I know so if you guys could come to my bar mitzvah. He didn't say it like that but he kind of... Like, yeah, he pretty much said it. He's like, I need to fill the black quota at my bar mitzvah. Can you make it? Yeah. And you're like... Hell yeah, make it. Free food, I'm down. Yeah, let's do it. I went to I went to three and they were so interesting because they spent so much money yeah. on these parties, but they make it all back. Do they? Yes, because my mother gave this guy Sam Maxwell about three hundred dollars. She's like, you can't. I was like, how about fifty? She's like, you can't give him fifty dollars. Like, he's becoming a man. I was like, what? he's still a young boy. He doesn't need. What is he doing with three hundred dollars? It was stupid. My mother was showing off. Ramona, silly, <laughs> silly Ramona. Did you like where I grew up? There, there were like next to no Jewish people. When you were growing up, was it a pretty diverse uh, situation in California? Uh, there were no Anglo-Saxons. None. <laughs> There were no uh, Jewish people. There were no Spanish people. I was in, where, where in Oakland, Oakland, California. Oh. Yeah, and I was in a in an area where it was just predominantly black oh. and Cambodian. Cambodian. I met right. I met a Cambodian before I met um, a Puerto Rican. So it was it was different, you know. <laughs> yeah. What was that transition like from Oakland to New York? And also, do you ever think about moving back to California? Um, the transition was extremely hard because on the West Coast, people know how to say good morning, good evening, how you doing, and, like, really mean it. But, like, on the on the East Coast, everybody's so guarded. Everyone thinks, like, if you're talking to them, you want fucking money. And so me being 13, just being so friendly, people thought I was on Prozac. They thought, like, something was wrong with me. Right. They thought I was getting, like, molested at home. Like, it was just so strange for someone to meet someone who's genuinely like happy and nice like people just put me through all the hoops and loops like it was almost like there was a test to become a real New Yorker like I had to be bitter and and jaded and I was like I'm only 13 like what's wrong with you people but I get it because I see 13 year olds on the train and I'm like damn they've been through it (laughs) they got two jobs already this is this is a tough town Everyone I met who, like, grew up 
like the entire time in New York. They're like, oh yeah, I used to do coke when I was like ten, and you're like, what? They're like, yeah, I'd sneak into clubs at twelve, and I was like, what is I? It is absolutely crazy how people didn't have childhoods. Yeah. I, I was a kid all day. Like yeah. that's why I feel like I'm still a child because I couldn't grow up. Like my family would take me to school, and my school was three blocks. It was three blocks away. Like they would, they would walk me. Oh no no no. I was a princess. They drove me three blocks. They th- maybe that's why you know I probably have all these health problems now because I wasn't um, exercising as a child. But yeah, they would. I mean, it's just total different lifestyle for a kid on the West Coast than it is the East Coast. So I really was able to appreciate um, human contact and just you know enjoy people's company. And New York people are the opposite. Don't touch me. Don't touch me. This whole city is about touching somebody. Like, not touching them in an inappropriate, but, like, there's no room. We, yeah. Everybody's going to touch you. Yeah. You're on the train. Somebody's going to touch you. You're at a club. Somebody's going to touch you. So, follow-up question. Do you think uh, you've lived in New York for a while? Do you think you're going to move to California uh, for comedy ever? If they pay me. Okay. If, the, if money is involved, I will be there. Okay. Until then, like, well, because you can't be there on... The New York City dime. Yeah. Like, here you could be real poor yeah. and survive. L.A., you need a car. Uh, you need to find a job. It's yeah. not that easy to find a job there. Like, And then when they pay you, it's real below minimum wage, I feel like. Wow. Yeah. In L.A., unless you're an established comedian, you know, even if you're a waitress there, they're making, like, $150 a night. What am I going to do with that? What am I going to do with $150? That's not even half my hair right there. <laughs> you have talked about your hair on stage. What, what, uh, what is your hair philosophy? Mm, I mean, do what the hell you want. You know, I, uh, I wear other people's hair. That's, that's my thing. But I just went natural maybe uh, five months ago, and it was traumatic. Uh, you're natural. Did you do, like, a big chop? I sure did. I, sh- I chopped... A lot of dead hair anyway, but, like, yeah, I, I, I cut the sides of my hair off, and it just finalized the gay. And, I mean, I wear wigs now to hide my sexuality now. But, yeah, it was, it was a lot. I was like, oh, my God. And then you have to take care of your hair when you're a natural-haired woman. And I'm not about taking care. I'm very, like, get up and get the hell out, you know? So how do people react differently to you when you're wearing a wig versus when you're rocking your natural hair? I think it's just my age. They don't care about my hair. They're like, something about her, there's an older vibe. Like, she ain't having it. So <laughs> I feel like if, if I was younger and I had a short haircut, nobody would care. But because I'm so, um, I don't know, bitter? No, I'm not, not bitter. I'm not, I don't seem bitter, but I'm, I'm, yeah, I hate everybody. Uh, but yeah, I mean, I just, just a, just a different air to me. Like I, I look like I might possibly not want to talk to you. And if you have a short haircut and you don't want to talk to people, they're like, you're, you're a lesbian. You gotta be, you gotta be gay. You know, not just tired of no, the way people behave everything. Right. Yeah. People behave in some foolish ways. Oh, like, yeah. Mm-hmm. I just don't know how people get away with the stuff that they do, but what it is is that people don't call them out in New York City. That's crazy to me. People who have those, like, suitcases and they just carrying them everywhere or, like, why? Like, get a back. Not even. Listen, 
if you need to get around, get you a car because people come on the train with their whole lives and then they're mad that people are like falling all over their shit. And it's like, dude, you got a yoga mat. You got your dog. You got a big ass suitcase. Then you got like your laptop. It's like there's no space for any of that. Like somebody needs to curse these people out and be like, listen, you need to get to point A to point B without all this stuff, you know? I moved here from Boston, so I'm very used to people just, like, calling other people out in the street, just, like, yelling at people. Oh, you mean the racist? <laughs> the racist people be calling? Because Boston, woo! I uh, I went to school in Massachusetts, in Worcester, and every time I went to Boston. You went in Worcester? Wait, wait, where'd you go? I went to Clark University. I know so many people who went to Clark. Thank you. Uh, you know, I got absolutely nothing out of that school, but it is a great school. Please go, anybody. It's great. Um, but we would go to Boston as our, like, weekend getaway. I'm sorry. Listen, when you're in Worcester, Boston is a getaway, right? So I would go there, and we would go to the malls, like Prudential, and they would, like, follow us around or totally shade us and act like we couldn't afford any of the clothes that was in these stores. Which I couldn't, but, like, like don't be re- don't be rude about it, you know? I used to wear a Tiffany & Co. bracelet so these hoes know that I got money, you know? It's a good symbol. It is. It's like, I, you know, I'm doing quite well. I got the blue box. How was that? How was Clark? Like, I know the, the people I know there are scientists and they're weird dudes who have like psychological issues. Like yeah. that's most of the people I know from there. So like, what was your experience there? Like what, what'd you major in all that stuff? Okay. So I went there not knowing what the hell I wanted to do. I tried psychology, sociology, uh, and then I would led me on to communications. And I was like, oh, I want to be a publicist because I just want to talk. You know, I just want to talk and, like, get paid to talk. Yeah. Um, but that school is not really for, like, journalism. It's mm-hmm. more about, like, communications, like how you gender studies, uh, women's studies, like, all the, yeah. the real complicated communication stuff that you would have do tests and you're like, but this is not what I want to do. Like, yeah. why are we doing this? But, yeah, I, um, I met a lot of people there. Uh, there was a BSU, Black Student Union, so all the blacks that I knew was because of college, right. and it was it was fantastic. I I made a lot of friends. Uh, I don't have a degree, but I have a degree in friendship. Nice. <laughs> nice. Do you maintain any of those friendships here? No. They 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 try to get me to go to the uh, baby showers and stuff, and I'd be like, mm, I'm so busy, you know. I like sometimes I don't even post that I have shows. But, like, they'll hit me up, oh, I got a show. I got a show. I got 12 shows tonight. Can't make it. Yeah. yeah. Baby sh- I have yet to be invited to a baby shower. Wait, do you have, like, civilian friends, though? I do, and some of them are married, but most of them are like, we'll wait and see about the kids thing. Like, uh. <laughs> is, is there an app to meet friends like this? Because <laughs> every friend that I know, it's like, you know, we're just taking it to the next level. We're going to have our third kid. It's oh. like... Girl, I don't have money for your first kid. Like, you haven't got a baby shower gift for me yet. Like, why do you keep inviting me? Like, you just want me there? What's wrong with you? They just want me there to act a fool. That's it. Like, you want to do a quick five minutes? Um, no. Yeah, pay me. Yeah. Why would I want to do that at your baby shower? Yeah, like, it's like crazy. This is, during the daytime, full light, like. On a Sunday. Yeah. Exhausting. No, no interest. Jeez. I don't know. I don't, like, it's. 
I was on the train on my way here, and like I saw children, and I was like, oh yeah, you guys exist. Like people at my work, nobody has kids. Like it's just, I'm in this weird kid-free zone. I was in an Uber pool with a with a woman and her child, and I immediately got up and went to the front seat because I don't have time <laughs> to hang out with Lil Joe. Like Lil Joe, that's your boo. Like we in, I just don't understand. People just want to take their kids freaking everywhere, and I just, I just. Maybe you could tell I don't want to be a mother anytime. But I just like, there's some places that kids, I see kids in bars all the freaking time. And it's like, woman, there's people spending $25 on a dirty martini. They don't want your kid running around. like, Or they don't want to see your kid eating the same $30 grass-fed burger that they're paying their hard-earned money for. And you're just having him chop it up and then play in it. And then drop it on the floor. Like, oh, it just disgusts me. It There's going to be parents that are like, she's evil. But, like, I don't care. Oh, that, makes, that makes a lot of sense. Like, why? And maybe it's because I grew up kind of poor. But, like, why would you pay that good money when the child cannot tell the difference? Let me tell you what, my, what Ramona used to do. Ramona used to get a Happy Meal and have me and my brother split it. Or no, not. She would just have the kids split one Happy Meal. like, And she would eat, like, a double, double cheeseburger. She would let the kids split one burger. But I just feel like that's how it should be. Like, kids shouldn't, you know be having the luxuries of people who are literally busting their asses to do, you know? Like, I went to Ibiza, uh, spent all my coins going to Ibiza. How was it? It's, it's, listen, if you don't have a rich, bald, almost dead white man <laughs> paying for the whole trip, don't go. Okay. Yeah. You got to spend, like, just $60, $70 just to get in a nightclub there. Why? Because it's a club... It's a club place. Like, everybody's just going there to party, you know, and be topless on the beach. There's no getting any work done there. Like, if there's no business trips to Ibiza. So, like, literally, it's a party place. And someone brought their baby there, and we're getting on the plane, and this baby is crying for eight hours. And I said, listen, I done almost sold some ass just to get on this trip. And now there's a fucking baby crying for eight hours. Like, it almost drove me insane. Last summer I went to Amsterdam to visit my friend who lives there, uh, which I, I wouldn't suggest living there. It's not a live place. It's a visit place. But, um, yeah, on the flight back, I was stuck in a row with four babies because if you are in the front row, like, that is where they have these weird hooks for cribs. What? Yeah, and so it was just baby, 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 what me, baby. Uh, I think it was KLM on the way back and I was like that must be like a sidebar of spirit yeah. like why that's yeah. terrible oh, it, was, it was bad news and also like I was looking around like the plane was filled with children I was like I am flying into Amsterdam like it's Amsterdam <laughs> like it's where you go for weed and hookers and I don't understand why there are so many children here it's there's this culture now where they just want to take their babies everywhere like I want my baby to experience the world your baby don't know yeah. where it is. Like, it has no concept of, like, the money that you're spending, the food that you're giving it, like, the things that it's seeing. It's just, it's just absurd. I just think you should wait until, I don't know, 20. 20. Make your kid <laughs> wait until 20 to get out of whatever state you're in. And be like, you know what? Now you're thankful. Yeah. If you 
bring a kid to, I don't know, Rome when it's two years old, that is the type of kid that's like, do you know who my dad is? Like, those are the kids that are just awful and don't know how to treat the bathroom attendant. Like, ah, disgusting. Yeah. Also, like, before the age of five, you're not even really forming memories like that. So, like, why are you wasting money on something they're never going to remember? Because they want to take pictures and put it on the gram and get them likes because they know their face is not going to get a like. They got to get their kids somewhere in another country wearing a stupid onesie. Like, oh, my God, look at Kendrick. He's Kendrick's in Little Italy. Can you believe it? It's like, you're dumb. You're an idiot. Like, I, I hate all of it. You know what? It's crazy because my family... Um, you know, I have family on the East Coast and the West Coast, and but my family originated from Little Rock, Arkansas. Oh, wow. Tell me why my family thought it was a great idea to take the Greyhound from New York City to Little Rock, Arkansas as like a family trip. Now, this is when I was four or five, and I was conscious to know that this is a long-ass fucking yeah. trip, and y'all got nerve to cook, to fry chicken before we get on the on the Greyhound and expect it to last for three days. Like <laughs> We had so many layovers and so many yeah. transfers. By the time we got to Little Rock, Arkansas, I was like, "Can we, I, we need to go back. Like, I'm ready. No, this is ridiculous. That sounds terrible. That sounds completely terrible. Oh, but now I am appreciative when a bitch could get on a plane. You know what I mean? I love me some coach. Coach, for me, is first class. Yeah. <laughs> like, once you take the Greyhound, for 12 days, you will appreciate the plane. <laughs> yes. People are looking at you like you, I mean, you're, you're known, but people, based on the fact that you're wearing shades and a hat, people are like, people are walking behind you like, who is that? What's going on? That's the great thing about New York. It's like you could see a celebrity anywhere and, uh, you know, as long as you wear some glasses and a decent wig, you could possibly be anybody. <laughs> like, I could be Carrie Washington. I mean, you got a microphone. It's probably the microphone girl. People are looking at, they're like, who is she interviewing? Um, just a regular ass Sydney B. Washington. <laughs> What's your strangest uh, celebrity sighting in New York? Um, strangest celebrity sighting? Well, I, I work at a bar that's like super exclusive. Like, Pretty much, I don't even know how I got up in there. Uh, did a prayer circle because I needed a job and I got in. But I've been there for 10 years and I've seen literally every celebrity like Janet Jackson, Jay-Z, Bono, Sting, um, everybody. Demi Moore, Ashton Kutcher, like so many people. Um, but the funniest is when I was doing a private event. Uh, for obviously so many celebrities and um, I didn't know who the fuck Sting was like I know I heard of Sting but I didn't know I couldn't like put his face with his name there was this guy doing cocaine off the table Um, he took the straw a wet straw at that and started sniffing cocaine off the table and I was insulted because I was like, sir, that straw is wet. Like, you know, you're wasting the drugs, you know. So I go up to him and I'm like, I'm sorry, you can't do that. And then two people were next to him and they were like giving me the look like, no, 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 you let him do whatever. And I said, um, I don't care. Uh, you can't do that because one, you're wasting it. And two, yeah, we don't do that here. Like there's a bat. There's four other bathrooms to do that. And then. 
he looks at me like I'm supposed to know who he was. <laughs> and I look at him and I'm like, do you know who I am? I work here. Yeah. I don't give a damn. And then I ended up getting in trouble for it. And they're like, if Sting wants to do cocaine off the table, you let Sting do it because it's Sting. And I said, well, if he's going to do it, he better do it right. Okay. <laughs> like, he's supposed to already have, like, a personal straw. Like, why are you using... I don't even do cocaine, but a wet straw seems like a mistake. That's how messy he was. That's how you know he was fucked up. Okay. And I, I was like, it's probably time for him to go. Like, yeah. you know? But yeah, that was great. I'm, I probably shouldn't have said that on air, but it don't matter. It don't matter. Sting, come at me. Uh, he does not listen to this podcast. I can 100% guarantee that Sting is not listening, being like, um, uh, I don't remember that, but that doesn't sound like me. Yeah, well, actually, I'm doing a one-woman show called Death of a Bottle Girl, and it's going to be in April. But literally, it's like every important story that happened in the 10 years of, of waitressing uh-huh. and kind of just explaining you know the nightlife world and like how we give up our holidays and like we literally make the party you yeah. know people who the, the staff you know the, from the waiter to the bartender to the person in the bathroom to the people opening the doors this, they are the atmosphere and so it's kind of like shedding light on that and at the end of it it's like just have respect for this hard-ass job and also for the people who are doing it. Have a plan so you can get the hell out so you don't have to be there 10 years right. serving rich white people. <laughs> I'm like, it's Black History Month. I got to go. I'm done. This is my 10th Black History Month wow. uh, working in serving white folks. I got to go. <laughs> it's time, right? Yeah. I think Rosa Parks would want it that yes, way, you know. She would. From the from the front of the bus, she would be like, "No, girl, get get on." Get on. Yeah. Yeah, she would definitely would tell me to just get off the bus. That's what. <laughs> just get your own bus. Like you should have enough money to buy a bus now, but I I don't. I'm I have no money. <laughs> so you quit your job. You're doing a one-woman show. Do you want to tell the listeners, like, where that is, what the dates are, all that? Um, well, because I haven't quit yet, I haven't made a date, but it's definitely in April. I'm just waiting on this venue to confirm to let me know if I could do it on that day. But uh, it would be in April, so, it, you know, just look for death of a bottle girl. I'm going to put flyers up and whatnot. I, w- I want to have a decent amount of people there. Um, my therapist is coming. Nice. It's going to be a lot. I'm probably going to cry after it, you know? Do it. No, you can't. You can cry. No, you got to be strong, you know? You can't. It's an emotional moment. You can't let people see you cry. And also, I don't want my lashes to fall off. <laughs> like, <laughs> um, Oh, follow up, follow up, follow up, follow up. You said something and I was like, <sighs> I'm spewing off so much yeah, at this. It's like, I don't know, it's Saturday and I'm just, I got a lot to say, which is... Which is very rare, okay? Like, this is not talking hours for me. Like, you were probably the second person I spoke to today, so. Was the first your Uber driver? No, I barely spoke to him. I gave him the, I was like, I gave him the dap, like, <laughs> you know what, you know what's up. Nice. Yeah, but, uh, yeah, I spoke to my girlfriend. I told her I was coming here. Nice. And then, um, you know, she had an attitude. And I was like, well, you know, I got stuff to do. I'm a celebrity. Look at these people looking at me. I'm a celebrity, okay? Tell her. I'm going to make sure she listens to the podcast. All right. Good. Yay. One more listener. <laughs> Not a lot of people listen to this. Thank you so much for doing it. Um, uh, okay. So, A, uh, what I wanted to ask was where can people find information about you, uh, like your website, social media, all that stuff? And then 
B, uh, and this is something I ask everyone on the podcast, what is, and you have plenty of time to think about this, what is like a deep, dark secret that you haven't told anybody or something people would be surprised to find out about you? Okay, so you could catch me. You can catch me outside, which we are outside right now. How about that? Uh, No, I have Instagram. It's just Sid BW. No, yeah, is it just? I don't even know my Instagram (laughs) handle. I I give it out all the time, but I forget. No, it's just Sid BW. So that's J U S uh, J U S T B W. Yeah, just Sid BW, and then. For Twitter, it's just said NYC, because okay. just said BW was taken, um, bastards. I'm on it's, I'm on Facebook, Sydney Washington. Uh, I don't have a website because I'm like I'm not that important yet, but I'll get there eventually. But my podcast is the unofficial expert, so it's on iTunes. It's on Comedy Hype. Uh, the episodes are hilarious, and um, it's with Marie Faustin, and it's 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 a lot it's a lot of fun. Yeah, and my deepest darkest secret I recently just told this secret on camera which is I can't believe I did it but when I was in college I told a guy I was pregnant so he could give me money so I could buy an iPod how savage is that and this is like the old school iPod like it was iPod Nano like how (laughs) terrible as a person are you yeah I told him that so I could get that money and uh he went half on something that wasn't even real, and I—that—that like, okay. <laughs> that was my point of confusion. The um, what the money was for? Got it. Okay, sorry, that was not confusing. Okay. It was for an iPod Nano. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, how much? Like, how much is an iPod Nano? Uh, it was two hundred fifty dollars to be exact. What? Yes. I got, I got, I got, I got the gigs. You know. Oh yeah. I could have just bought a real iPod. I did not. You wanted the nano. Yeah, I mean, okay, so the real story is is that I was pregnant, but I did what I had to do on my mother's insurance, oh, and he gave me money, and so I was like, well, I'm just going to keep this money. That makes sense. And I'm going to buy an iPod Nano, because yeah. I've been through a lot. <laughs> that is your treat to yourself? Yes, but I didn't, I didn't say that on camera, because I, I don't need these hoes judging me, you know what I mean? <laughs> I mean, they are, yeah, they already judging me, it's fine, but whatever. <laughs> oh, man. Ah. That's, how long did you keep the iPod Nano? So here's the twist. (laughs) So I had another dude at the time. Uh And he wanted the iPod Nano. So, how, let me tell you, I'm a ride or die. Like, I was like, I'm going to get my boo, iPod Nano, with somebody else's money, for something that's just terrible. Like, it was a messy-ass situation. I had two dudes. I had one in Philadelphia and one in the city, but I was in Massachusetts in college. Wow. My life was all fucked up. That's why I, that's why I didn't graduate. It's like I didn't have time for anything. Listen, yeah, I didn't I wasn't learning shit cuz I was uh scamming these dudes. That's Yeah, I was in a messy ass triangle. Uh you know, that's why I didn't graduate. You you could tell why. I got a diploma in trapping these dudes though. <laughs> I would like to see how that is like Put out on the life. That trap life is real. Could you be an expert on your show about that? You know, uh, I don't know if I would want to be out and open about that because it's so shysty and terrible and it's a character flaw. But that was like so long ago. Like, I've, I'm a better person. But 
I'm afraid that if he ever heard this, he wrote me a long ass email saying, hey, for some reason, I feel like you lied about what happened. And I was like, deny, deny, deny. You know what I mean? I hit him with the lies, 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 <laughs> lies on lies on lies. And, you know, I was, I was like, I'm never going to admit to this because yeah. this is terrible. And he might ask me for the money back. And I'll be like, nope. <laughs> Can't do it. Yeah. That was a long time ago. Yeah. But you know these people. They like, they be just waiting for you to slip up so they can hit you. Especially if they think you making money. Yeah. Like, imagine if he sees me on TV. He'd be like, yeah, she going to get a check. I'm in the mail. I'm like, yo, I'm going to need you to hit me with that 250 back. Oh, yeah. Man. He's a doctor now, so. He's fine financially. Listen, petty don't stop. <laughs> petty, petty is... 200 is uh, 365 days a year, and it's, it could be forever. So I feel like he's the type that'll hit me with the, oh, is that what happened? Well, I think it's your duty to give me my money back for something that was not really true. Like, whatever. That's rough. I'm just telling all my business on this podcast because I was like, oh, well, you know, if they got a lot of listeners, I seem uh, interesting. And if they got a lot of listeners... I seem terrible. <laughs> it's a win-win for me. Nice. Very nice. Outside of, like, the two, like, big projects that you're working on that are probably going to result in TV things, like, what is your ideal future? Like, three years from now, five years from now, like, what are you like, oh, man, deepest in my hearts of hearts, I would like to be doing X. I would I would like to do a little, you know, selling out stadiums and whatnot because I actually love comedy like that. I like stand-up. I'm like a stand-up slash storyteller. Uh, you know, I'm not really great at the one-liners. I'm, like, working on it. But I just feel like I can I can do an hour if, yeah. if I have enough fans that want to spend money just to see me talk, you know? But, no, that's what I would, I would like to tour all over the place. Uh, I would like to do a little Chris Rock Chappelle type, you know, show on, you know, a major network. Listen, there's girls... There could be, you know, sisters or something. Like, I want a show like that. I want, like, a broad city mix with a um, girlfriends <laughs> and a little bit of, you know, um, insecure. I want it, I want it all. Yeah. That's what I want. All right. I love what Issa Rae is doing. Yeah. She's really paving the way for, like, young writers and actors and actresses. Like, that's, that's a dream as well. Nice. To write a show like that. All right. So, uh, Hollywood, you heard it here. So, uh, send her the contracts. Mm-hmm. All right. Uh, so, any final thoughts wrapping up? You know, it takes time to be a better person. <laughs> and I've, I've, definitely, I've definitely done some dirty-ass shit. But I'm, I'm a better person, and I, I tell it through laughter. So, as long as you laughed, you can't really be that mad yeah. at anything that I've done in my past. <laughs> Nice. All right. You guys heard it here. This is Sydney Washington, uh, and we are at Panera Bread. So stop by. It's by J Street Metro Tech. And thanks so much for listening. Okay, bye. Bye. Bye.